0: God we serve. What a God we serve. Church, happy Thanksgiving. My prayer this morning is that before you leave, that you would tell at least one person something that you're thankful for. Isn't it so easy to miss that? Right? To walk through our day and forget. I remember this past week, uh, we were on Heart Strong. Five o'clock every morning, I was up, mm, ready to go. Right? And people would get on at six o'clock. They'd be like, Pastor Mitch, you're so awake. I'm like, I have to be. I have to be. Right? And just bring that energy. And uh, Pastor Lori just, she mentioned this thing uh, as we're walking through the early chapters of Mark where uh, Jesus points out to the Pharisees, he says, listen, the Sabbath wasn't made for man, but man was made for the Sabbath. And she said, you know, this morning, why don't we go and be thankful? And she said, what about just the air that we breathe? Church, if it's just today that you need to be thankful that God has given you another day on this earth, that's enough. Come on, that's enough. Maybe there are circumstances that you've walked into here where you're like, well, there's just, there's not a lot to be thankful for. We can be thankful for one more day. We can be thankful for a God who meets us in the midst of worship. We can be thankful for a God who one week it's 32 degrees and the next week it feels like snow. Come on, right? Wow, what a great country we live in, right? Just woo, just hold on, right? It's a ride. Now, we have a question this morning as we continue to dive into HeartStrong. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the book of Mark. It is so impactful. Uh, two chapters a day, I have felt like is enough. There's so much going on in the book of Mark, right? You open it up and Mark's like, all right, here's a chapter, but it's like 38 verses of just pow, 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 right? It's just the hits keep coming. I'm like, okay, two chapters. I just, that's good. I need to just rest on that and rest in that. So I hope that you're enjoying it this morning morning, we're going to read from Mark chapter 12. And our question today that we want to answer is, what if you don't like the end of a part of your story? What if you don't like the end of a part of your story? We're going to journey through Mark 12 today, and we're going to try to bring God into the middle of our story. Whether you're at the end, the beginning of a new chapter, we're going to ask God to step in and speak this morning. Let's start in Psalms 118. There's a famous psalmist uh, uh, that was familiar to the Jewish people of the day. And when Jesus walked the earth, it would have been used at the time of multiple festivals. It says this, Psalm 118, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Skip down to verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus has entered into Jerusalem. We have that, triumphal, that, that triumphant entry uh, of Jesus on Palm Sunday. And now in, in Mark chapter 12, Jesus is going to begin to speak his last few words, his last few instructions to the gathered people uh, before he enters into captivity and then makes his way to the cross. But Jesus is good. Jesus is so good. And church, his steadfast love endures forever. Maybe you're here today and you need to underline that. You need to write that down. His steadfast love endures forever. Our God does not change. The same truth that was spoken thousands of years ago in the Psalms is the same truth that rings out in the time as Jesus walks among the people is the same truth that rings out today. God is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Church, I'm so excited to dig into this today. I believe that God is going to encourage some people today. See, in Psalm 18, verse 22, it also says this, that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And Jesus takes this psalm of thanks and brings it into the present day in Mark chapter 12. In verse 1, it says this, He began to speak to those who were gathered in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. Mark chapter 12, verse 2. When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And the tenants, well, they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent another servant to them. And this time they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. And so he sent another servant. And this time they killed him. And so with many others, some they beat and some they killed. Still, verse 6, he had one other still, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them saying, they will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. Verse 9, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read the scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Verse 12, and they were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. Jesus shares this parable with the Pharisees as they're gathered together. He knows through his relationship with God uh, that his time is short. Even coming back to uh, this major city, the disciples were warning against it. He knew that he was entering into enemy territory, which is crazy because this enemy territory was actually controlled by his people. The Jewish people were, were, were in control over this place. Jesus himself is Jewish. This should have been a place of safety. The, 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 the temple is present. This is a holy city. And yet Jesus knows that he's walking into a den of vipers. And he does so freely. Church, let us remember that Jesus goes before us. And to every situation that we face, Jesus is not afraid. Amen. He walks boldly into the den of vipers, knowing that this is specifically where the father would have him for such a time as this. And so Jesus walks in and sensing their hearts that in this moment that they would arrest him, he knows that it is not yet time. They have not reached the garden of Gethsemane. will finally, uh, through the betrayal of one of his own disciples, these Pharisees will have the opportunity to bring him under arrest, but not quite yet. The Lord knows the time and the hour. And so he speaks this parable and he says, listen, there was this great owner and he created this vineyard and he guarded it. And he sent servant after servant just to receive some fruit. He wasn't even trying to take back everything. He just wanted to receive his fruit. And it says that the tenants, instead of receiving his servants, they beat him. They killed them. They made them feel shame." And here Jesus is giving a parable, not just for the present day, but he is reminding the Pharisees and all those gathered of how Israel had treated the prophets that the Father had sent time and time again the father had sent the prophets to try to turn israel away from their wicked ways back into the people that god needed them to be they were called to be the example they were called to point the way to the father and instead of receiving the instruction and the conviction that the that the prophets were bringing instead they they would they would turn away and he said over and over and over again until finally the owner of the vineyard Here, the example being God the Father said, okay, but they will receive my son. Jesus here for those who are gathered is pointing to himself. But even the son of the one true God was not received. The stone that the builder rejected has become the cornerstone. Church, how thankful are you that even though Jesus was rejected by man, he was used by the Father. And we'll continue to follow in his story as Jesus finds his way to the cross. And we know that Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. He may not have looked how people wanted him to look. He may not have acted the way people wanted him to act. He may not have come to overthrow Rome the way that the Israelite people, the way that the Jewish people would have been so desperate in that time to see it. But he was exactly who God needed him to be. He was the promised son. He is the Messiah. And he is the soon-coming king. Come on. That's something to be thankful about today. And so here we see that although people rejected him, Jesus became our cornerstone. We'll continue to read on uh, as we go into our scripture, but I just want to invite you right now, if you haven't already, to make God your cornerstone. If you want to be thankful about something today, let's be thankful that God is at the center of our lives. Church, he is doing a mighty work in our midst. I thank Liz for coming up and giving testimony, but there is so much more. There's so much more. One of the encouragements that we have for you, the reason why we want you to join a life group, the reason why we want you to come out on Tuesday nights, the reason why we encourage you, hey, come to pre-service prayer before church is because if you only keep to yourself, you will miss (laughs) so much more of the story of what God is doing. There are praise reports present in this room today. There are stories of God, God only, and his life-changing miracles taking place. What, Liv, what Liz has shared this morning is just a piece. And if you're here today saying, hey, I need to know where God is. I need to have that cornerstone set in my life, then I encourage you, don't walk this road alone. We're not calling you to be heartstrong. We are going to be heartstrong together. And to have a full understanding of what God is doing, you need to invest in community. Yes, introverts, I'm talking to you. All right? All right, I get it. You may only be able to hang out for a couple minutes, but that's okay. We're still called to community. Let's pray this morning. Holy Spirit. I pray for each and every one of my brothers and sisters today. God, that we would take more than a moment today to be thankful. Jesus, you walked in the very midst of these Pharisees, but they were so caught up in what it was that they wanted. They were so caught up in what it was that they were concerned about that they missed the fact that the Messiah was standing right in front of them. Holy Spirit, do not let us miss today that you are here in this place. God, that you are gathered with us this morning. Lord, I pray that all attention would be removed from what it is that's coming after our time of gathering. God, I pray that all attention would be removed of what it is that we are wearing as we came in this morning, Lord Jesus, of what's happened this past week or what it is that we're believing for. Instead, God, let us be present here today. God, let us be present here in this moment as we center ourselves in your word. God, speak true and speak as only you can. We ask that today in your holy name. Amen. Amen, amen. Church, we have so much to be thankful for, as God is our cornerstone. One of the things that uh, Kanata has been praying for for a long time is where it is that God would place us to be present in our community. This past week, we were able on Thursday to receive five more pallets uh, uh, from our our amazing connection with CityServe and Amazon. And there was 20 people here who had committed from about 4 to 7 o'clock. And we took apart five pallets which took uh, the staff and I, the week before was six pallets an entire day. We took apart five pallets and began sorting all sorts of stuff for this coming Friday in under two and a half hours. Don't tell me God can't do amazing things when we get together. Like, God is up to something. And so I just want to give thanks today. I want to give praise today that God is beginning to call us deeper into Canada. That this is going to be just the beginning of open doors. And so if you're here this morning and you would like to join with us in reaching out to our community, this coming Friday, we're going to have a free store right here in this building, and we are going to give away just tons and tons of tons of brand new merchandise, brand new things that is going to be such a blessing to those who come. But we want it to be more than just stuff, amen? Amen. Our prayer and what we're doing even as we're sorting is that the Holy Spirit would touch each and every one of these items, that they would reach the families that God knows that they need to reach, but not only that these items would reach, but instead also that God's spirit would move and move in power. I believe that through our connection with Amazon, we're going to watch not only as the joy of the Lord reaches people's homes through uh, different merchandise, but we're going to watch as the joy of the Lord reaches people's hearts. And we're going to see transformation take place. This morning, there's so much more that that I have prepared here, but we're just going to skip all that uh, because we don't have time this morning. Instead, we're going to turn down to Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. They had just been talking to Jesus about taxes. Taxes. You want to talk about taxes? They've been talking about resurrection. And Jesus at every single turn was able to take their trap and just turn back glory and honor to the Father. They said to Jesus, well, what about the the taxes and the coins? And Jesus said, bring me a coin whose face is on it. They said, it's that of Caesar's. He said, that's right. So give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. And they came to him and said, well, what about the resurrection? And Jesus encouraged them and said, listen, our God is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. Come on. Finally, in verse 28, a scribe comes and hearing this dispute, asks them, which is the greatest commandment of them all? Jesus answered, the most important, hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. It's actually our memory verse for the month. And the scribe turned to him and said, You're right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other beside him. And to love him with all of our heart and with all the understanding, with all of our strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus saw that he answered wisely and said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Out of the 613 available laws, here we see a Pharisee who is listening with ears that are ready to hear and actually comes earnestly with this question. "Well, What is the most important? The most important is this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. And love your neighbors. Love your neighbors as yourself. Church, as we are called this morning to give thanks, let that be our focus today. Do you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior? Is he your master? Is he your king? Then you're able to stand here knowing that through him, you are also victorious. That whatever it is that you're walking through today, whatever heavy burden it is that you've carried, God is greater He is greater. He is greater. And He will see you through. And we are called this morning to not just receive today what it is that God would have for us, but also to have the ears to hear, okay, God, as you're speaking today of thanks, as you're speaking today of mercy, as you're speaking today through our sister Liz of joy, God, how can we share that with those who don't know you yet? I believe that we are coming to a time right here in Canada, where we are going to get up Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and give thanks for prodigals who have come home. I believe that. I believe that. There's a story of a young man who's been here the last two weeks. He was supposed to go home about a week ago, but he wasn't able to. I had a great conversation with him this week. I said, well, what's kept you here, he said, the church. So two weeks ago, I came and just cried the whole way through service. And the next night was freedom night. And I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. You know, coincidence is a funny word, isn't it? When people try to attribute it to God. Isn't it funny? Right? Because like, how many times do you just call it coincidence? Like for the thousandth time, do we just saying, oh, it's just a coincidence? Like, no. Like, God is present in our midst, right? And so he came to freedom session, cried the whole way through that. God just working on his life. And the next week he was supposed to go home. So what's keeping you? He said, it's just the church. He's like, I know that I need this. I know that I need this, and I believe that this is just the beginning of what it is that God is doing. That we're going to see neighborhoods on fire for the one true God. That we're going to see just garages and cul-de-sacs and and streets opened up for prayer as uh, as the world would try to continue to send messages of fear and all these things, that we would be a people that would gather those together and remind them of the one true hope. That our hope is in Jesus. And so here we have the scribe who comes and he says yes you know what you're right and jesus looks and says wow you're not too far from the kingdom of god church i just want to encourage you today how many times through the gospels are we going to bring up the pharisees and be like what are they doing how do they not get it but it's not that they're not able to amen it is our job it is our job as followers of christ to never discount anyone. We are not judge. We are not jury. The scribe came up to Jesus and I'm sure he was ready, right? He'd already answered so many of their questions and dug through these chops and all of a sudden, like, isn't it just such a breath of fresh air, right? When, when you go up to somebody and they're like, hey, I, I want to talk to you about something. You're like, okay, here we go. Oh, you're so beautiful. I'm like, oh yes, let's talk, right? This is good. Here Jesus is like, okay, here comes another one. And yet this scribe is earnestly seeking after the kingdom of God. Church, I want to encourage you that just because people don't know Jesus yet doesn't mean that they won't one day. And that's our prayer. That's our prayer all these other parables that were given for Jesus to be able to walk out of this moment seeing that there was a Pharisee one who knew the law well who was also unlocking the secrets of the kingdom what encouragement that must have been for Jesus that morning for him to be able to speak those words you are not far from the kingdom of God because of what Jesus has done on the cross that has to be our stance with each person that we come up with that they are not far From the kingdom of God. My scripture tells me that not a single person is the first to accept God. No, in fact, God accepts us first. Before we ever cry out with our hearts, the Holy Spirit is already at work letting us know that we are created in his image, letting us know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, reminding us of the times that we showed up. What does the word say? All good things come from God. Anytime you see something good taking place in somebody's life, even if they don't acknowledge Jesus, acknowledge it for them. Right? Right? Glory to God. They're like, it wasn't God. I worked really hard. Sure you did, but don't discount my Savior. He loves you. He sees you. He's for you. Finally, at the end of the chapter... Jesus uses the example of the widow to encourage his disciples. He sat down in verse 41 and watched as many rich people were pouring out large sums, but a poor widow came and poured in two copper, two copper coins, and he says to his disciples in verse 43, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put more than all those who are contributing to the offer bo- offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had All she had to live on. What is Jesus saying here? Is Jesus saying that even if you don't have any money that you should tithe today? No. I believe what Jesus is saying here goes deeper than just the pennies that were given. Jesus saw her heart. Jesus saw where her trust truly lied. It wasn't about the amount that she was given. See for the rich, it didn't cost anything for them to contribute. It was easy for them, they just and walked on by. But for her, she placing her trust. And at the time, she was placing her trust into a, a system that hadn't been brought full circle yet. But church, we trust in the one true God. We know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And this morning, maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor Mitch, I wish I could be thankful. But there's things at the end of my story that I just don't love. Well, beloved, if you're here this morning, God's not finished with you yet. Maybe you've had somebody say, wow, there's the close of that chapter. And you're like, hold on, I'm not ready for it to close. Right? Ready to step into that next chapter, but you're looking back and being like, I'm not ready for that to close yet. The beautiful thing is this church is that God is the one writing your story. And who's to say that he won't go back to a chapter that's already written and just scribble a nice little PS down at the end? Just a reminder that no matter what it is that the world say is done, until God speaks, it is finished. It's not over yet. And so you can continue to believe for that miracle. You can continue to wait on his presence you can continue to sit and maybe you only have two pennies this morning to give when it comes to your faith but my God said that the faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains if we would just believe what is it that we would see for you that are here this morning and you've seen God at work this week please tell somebody before you go You don't know who needs to hear that encouragement of what it is that God has done. You don't know who needs to hear that encouragement as they're sowing their two pennies. And you step in and you're like, hey, I want to let you know today, I don't even know who you are. But this week, I went to the doctor and he cured me of cancer. And you don't know what it is that they're walking into this week. Church, our story and our testimony, they matter. They matter. Let this be a place of hope. Let this be a place of joy. Let this be a place of peace where each and every week we walk in just wondering, man, who's going to tell me something good today? Who is God going to bring to this place? I may not know their name. I don't know their six kids that are running around, but man, what is God going to say through them today? Because maybe the week after, somebody else is going to need that from you. That's church. That's church. The body of Christ gathered together to encourage, to meet the needs, to support, to bring life wherever it is that we go. And if we can't do that here, how much harder is it? But if we can do that here, how much more beautiful is it to go out and bring that to those who desperately need it? church i am so thankful for canada life center you are a beautiful people oh my goodness All right we saw gabrielle and her mother up here right well, come on this is a beautiful church but i believe that there's more i believe that there's more believe that God is stirring something in our hearts today but it really just depends on us taking that position of thankfulness and saying God even in the midst of the storm maybe I can't see you but I know that you're in my boat because he walks boldly into the den of vipers knowing that victory is in the Father's hands so today we stand on his word, amen amen Come on, church. Today we stand on his word. Amen? He's so good. He is so good. And so this week, my prayer is that you would have story after story after story of the provision of God. May they be your own, but may they also be shared from those around you. That we can carry each other's stories together for a world that doesn't know him yet. Can I have a life center? I love you guys so much. And I'm so, oh, don't do that to me. Don't do that. You're not supposed to respond to that. I can't handle it. Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful for this church. And for those of you that I haven't had the opportunity yet to get to know on a personal level, please make time. Make time, not just for me because I'm the pastor, but make time for each other. We have to know each other. This is so much better if we're not just a bunch of faces sitting in seats. Let's pray. (laughs) God, we just submit ourselves to you once again today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are present in our midst, that your word is alive and well this morning, God. God, be with each and every person here today, God. I pray that there would be a heart of thankfulness for that you've called us together, Lord Jesus, that we can share this life, God, hand in hand and arm in arm. God, I pray that you would meet the needs of those who are grieving today, God. Let them know that they do not grieve alone, but that we stand together for those, Lord Jesus, who your joy is overflowing, God. May those cups be poured out today. Fill us up once again this week, God, that we can continue, Lord Jesus, to do the work that you've called us to do. That no, not one person, that no, not one person that would be found in our midst would not whisper the name of Jesus. That's our prayer this morning, God. So God, we surrender once again. We lay our lives down on the altar We remain there, Lord Jesus, as that self-sacrifice, God. Keep us on the altar this week, God, as we give thanks to you. May we also be ready to be used however it is that you need us, God. We ask that today in your holy name.